This is the gavel with another segment, the deliberation. In this segment, we discuss main issues in the world. We present them, talk about them, give a little antithesis, um, discuss points, maybe big things that are happening with those issues. Sometimes maybe we'll have a little speed debate or... Lay down the smackdown, basically. Yeah, a little devil's advocate. But this is the main discussion part. This is where we do big issues. We're probably going to do about two per show for this. but Yeah, this is as philosophical as I'll ever get in a debate. So. Right. There's no evidence here unless, you know, we're doing a rebuttal or we especially want it. But it's more the ideas and, you know, rights and privileges on it. So Just enjoy it. Yes, enjoy. Okay, our first issue today is, which I'm going to lead, is should gay marriage be legalized and at a national or state level? Initial thoughts? Um... Initial thoughts would be yes. Agreed. And I understand why it should be a state's right, but it would be more efficient, well, more effective if it were a federal. On the other hand, I completely agree with it. It's one of my biggest um, things that I support, and I think it should be at a national level, no questions asked. So... Since we agree that it should be legalized, why why is it an issue? Why do uh, some people disagree with it? I think that's an excellent question. Um, it's one that's hard to get an answer for. The most widely given answer is that marriage is defined as being between a man and a woman. However, that is the biblical definition for one type of religion. And we are a nation that was founded on the idea that there should be a separation between church and state. Right. Ergo... The fact that one book defines it as being between a man and a woman right. should not mean that an entire nation of free people um, should have to stick to that. Yeah, I mean, you can say that we're a primarily Christian country, which we are, but uh, one particular religion shouldn't dictate the rights of citizens who may or may not be of that religion. Right, yeah, any religion, period. Like, it doesn't matter that it's Christian. Right, and... We know that. The basic premise was that we were founded because people were leaving a religious, tyrannical government thing, mm -hmm. and they wanted to separate church and state. Freedom of religion, right. And yeah. since we know kind of the religious argument of it, if you look at it from strictly a government issue or rights issue, then I, I see no contest that it should be legalized. There's no, there's no downside, if anything, to look at it from a kind of – painfully cynical view, there's an upside to it in divorce lawyers. But that's the only possible way it could affect the economy. And right. looking at it as a civil rights issue, which I believe it is, there's no downside to it, and there's no reason that it shouldn't be legal. I mean, and if you look at it from... Sorry? No, keep going. It's fine. Well, if you look at it from um, a legal standpoint, in terms of a political science angle... Uh, full faith and credit clause, like written into our constitutional in Article Four, right. I think Article Four, yeah, um, pretty much states that within the United States, each state has to recognize and uphold any contract or like legal agreement that is made, um, which a marriage is. So the fact that it is legal in some states and not in others simply doesn't make sense mm -hmm. because of the 
credit clause. The only true argument against it is religious, which we've just talked about. And to look at it quickly from like a philosophical perspective, you can't control who you love. You're born the way you are. And so if you love someone, you should have just as much of a right to spend the rest of your life with that person, share bank accounts, live together, visit them in the hospital. See them in the hospital. Exactly, as anyone else in the entire world. And no one person has the right to judge or limit the rights of another. If you are against gay marriage, don't marry someone of the same gender. But you can't limit other people's right to. Exactly. That's actually one of the things that's interesting about living um, in Burlington, as I do. Um, for those of you who don't know, we didn't really do an intro in this segment. Um, I'm Howe, and I go to UVM in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, it is legal here. So I actually have uh, two professors who are openly gay and who talk about their partners and how proud they are to be able to live in a state where they can, you know, do that. One of my professors just got married this summer. That's awesome. Uh, she has an eight-year-old daughter. And they, you know, raise her together in their home, and she just feels very empowered by the fact that she gets to marry the person that she loves. So, um, you know, it's definitely, it's a, it's a, it just makes so much sense to be in a place where, like, people can just do that. I mean, I don't, to me, it's backwards to think that people shouldn't, like, I think when you go to a place, you know, like just being back in Rhode Island or, you know, when you go to Texas where it's not, you know, it's just, it's not, it doesn't make sense that right. some people don't have the right to do it. I think we forget that sometimes when you look on, um, when you look on the news and you see a bunch of old white men in suits walking around a nicely carpeted area, that totally removes the human element of it. Marriage, Absolutely. we've already talked about, I mean, your professor, she's happy. That's yeah. what Yeah, to see her face light up. It's just, you know. And I mean, I think legalizing gay marriage in nation or state, hopefully nation, either way, it is kind of a gateway to universal freedom for gay people, as should be assumed in a free country. But Absolutely. to look at the human element of it, not directly gay marriage, but every couple of weeks when there's a horrific suicide of a teen who's gay and gets bullied and harassed and is limited as far as rights and... I think it's horrible that that happens, and I think that it's shameful that we're still discussing this and ignoring the human element, the, the element of love, compassion, and what truly matters in our lives. And I think it's atrocious that it's still. And honestly, I think a lot of that bullying that leads to those, you know, teen and kid suicides about this issue is in part because, I mean, you you have to look at the adults in the society who are saying that, you know, no, they shouldn't get fair treatment. And I think it's justifying it for a lot of kids to say, like, that it's okay for me to make fun of this kid for, you know, making these life choices or for being a certain way. Um, There's nothing. You know, I think, right. I mean, walking through, I'm sure they do it in college. I'm, I mean, I'm guessing it's a more open environment. But when I walk through my high school, I, I hear kids using all these different horrific yeah. insults for gay people as insults in their normal lives. I mean, we read Huckleberry Finn. Now we've just switched demographics to use as insults. It's atrocious. Yep. Uh, I mean, I think that there is hope that one day um, both, you know, words that are used as slurs against gay people and things like being like, um, you know, talking about how, like, someone is like, oh, like, you're so, like, retarded or whatever, um, you know, spread the word and the word. I think that there's hope that these things will one day be resolved. Um, I, think they will. I think it just starts, it starts with, 
you know, a generation saying that they're not going to stand for it anymore. And I think that that's on the horizon. Definitely. That's the upside to communication, I think. We talked about in, uh, when we did the Chronicle, we were talking about communication having a possibly negative effect in uh, Twitter helping people form protests. But even that, even that right, which is a cardinal principle of our society, just as freedom of speech, freedom of religion is in relation to this, I think the fact that people can stand up for what they believe in, I, I love that. That's the anchor yeah. of America. Um, yep. To go back to the other question that we actually have some sort of debate on, um, national or state level, why do you say that – well, you said you understood that it could be – or should yeah. be built at a state level. Why? Uh, mostly just, like I said before, the full faith and credit cl- credit clause. Um, with things like that, like it would make sense for right now just based on the fact that some states have passed it at a state level for it to continue to be passed at a state level. Um, I think there's something to be said for what kind of the whole like – not that the Tea Party is supporting, but that in general, um, the more conservative side saying that states should gain more rights. Um, I think it's understandable for states to be able to decide that, but I think that universally the decision has to be like, yes, because of the full faith and credit clause. Um, it's kind of like, it's not that it's a catch-22, but it is definitely a weird situation because um, I don't think it, it's not that it makes sense to be a state's issue because it should be a universal right. But I think that at this point, that's going to be the easiest. Uh, I don't know. When you're talking I think about, it's... When you're talking about... It, oh. <laughs> sorry. Do you want to go? Sure. I'll just finish my thought, I guess. Sorry. Like, just the... Because, because of the full faith and credit clause, it should be legal in all states now because one state is legal. Like, if one state has legalized right. it, then all states, by nature of this and, like, by function of this, like should technically be legalized. So that makes it very easy because if the government just steps in and says, oh, well, um, yeah, in our constitution it says that we have to, ergo, it is. I think that's going to be a lot easier than just than trying to pass some kind of bill. I don't know. Right. Um, I mean, how many years ago was it that Texas was saying that it should secede and become its right. own nation? I mean, when you're talking about the Tea Party, but making it a state's issue, what is it, seven or eight states, I think? That have legalized it now? I know it's been a couple in the past couple months, but... Eight-ish, do you think? We can round it to? I think so. Either way, it's not a Nine, huge oh. percentage of... what Federal government does not recognize same-sex marriage, but in individual states, now it's... Licenses have been granted in six states. Six states, okay. That was close. Um, but if you're to look at it in the basis sense of the word... I mean, we are the United States of America, so something that's a civil rights issue. I don't want to, I don't want to have New England have gay marriage legal in five years, and then we have to wait thirty years for Texas to right. change their laws. And uh, again, on the Chronicle, when you were talking about possible racism having an effect in a trial, that kind of thing is still very prevalent in parts of the country. I. I I'm in Texas, and I see people with Confederate flags on their pickup trucks. Yeah, it's that kind of blatant stupidity that limits civil rights. And I, don't, I would love to see that handled swiftly by turning it into a national issue, which I think it should be anyway. Yeah. Okay. We good? I think that was good. All right. Um. So transitioning to a completely different topic. Um. <laughs> Just has really no connection whatsoever to 
it. But that's all right. This is, after all, the deliberation. So we're going to deliberate about some variety of topics. So case in point will be today. Um, I would like to chat about gun control um, and the impact that it sort of has on us, how we sort of feel about it, things like that. Um, you know, sort of do we feel as though citizens should be able to own guns sort of in this granted at the time that, that like the bill of rights was written, people needed for the sake of militia and just based on the way the country was structured needed to have weaponry, hence it being in our bill of rights. But is the practicality still there today? Is it more of a danger? What are we thinking? Uh, I mean, obviously it's pretty high up there in our bill of rights and I agree with the fact that we should have the right to hold guns, but Living in Texas, which I lament, um, I, I see stores that sell guns and ammo. There's actually one called Guns and Ammo. Very crazy. <laughs> right next to the um, <laughs> the driving school, right? Exactly. But, I mean, people are buying, like, AK-47s. They're buying machine guns. One of my friends um, from art last year... He, someone tried to break into his house, and it was him and his three brothers. So they kind of heard this happening from the other room, and they were in one of their bedrooms with, like, you know, the gun cabinet right next to the bed. And so they reach over, and they walk out of the bedroom, and one of them's got a shotgun, and the other two have machine guns. And it's like having that little Rambo in your closet, it's, I find that crazy. I don't think any citizen ever has a need for a machine gun. I can understand a pistol maybe if you're a bit primitive and you would like to have it for protection. That's okay. But even a shotgun, I think, is a bit extreme. Yeah, or like a hunting rifle is different. Yeah, hunting, that's all right. Um, I, I don't agree with it as a sport, but... Yeah, I but I necessarily agree with hunting. That's different than an AK-47. Right. So in that respect, no. What do you right. think? I think um, it's actually... There's an interesting... You know, Vermont's an interesting, interesting place because... We're, um, they call us the South of the North, interestingly enough, Hmm. um, while still being so liberal, which it's really just a very interesting kind of place because there's actually a surprisingly high number of sort of conservatives, but, and like guns and stuff like that are very common. And yet we have, you know, gay marriage is legalized and we're super into like organic farmer's markets. (laughs) Um, Those are related. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. But, you know, so it's kind of, it's an interesting sort of place to be. But I'd say, essentially, what you sort of get is a really interesting perspective on things. I know I heard my friend who's from Michigan, actually, was telling us a story about his friend who's at the University of Minnesota, I want to say. And um, their one rule regarding firearms is that you have to check them at the RA desk down in the front lobby. Ah. Um, so yes, people have them in the dorm, which to me is a little terrifying, you know, know, because people don't drink in college. Right. So what? Just on that, um, guns and campus thing to say one thing. My seventh grade math teacher told us that he used to go hunting before school and put the deer carcasses in the back of his truck and hang the gun there. Okay. Wow. Keep going. I had to get that off. Yeah. That's right. But so, you know, it's just, I think that's a, a very interesting perspective to have. I think coming from 
the perspective of a suburban town, you definitely saw very little to no kind of gun presence. And you come here and talk to kids, they say, yeah, like our weekend activities, we go out in the in the woods and we shoot stuff. Like, like they'll train. set up like hands and like shoot them or mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's, I mean, it's very interesting, that's for sure. But a nice word for it. Um, do you think that the gun control laws are like too strict, not strict enough? Um, um, can you refer to one in kind of a specific term? Well, let's see. Um, I guess maybe like the idea of sort of the whole like licensing process. Like, I don't know if you caught the episode of Big Rich Texas when, um, Whitney bought a gun. Tell but people you watch that show. It's a great show. Um, we just but anyway, that's all right. I'm okay <laughs> with that. Um, but, you know, she got, like, a background check and three days later could get a gun. Right. Um, do you think that that's ample enough time? Should just anyone be able to walk into a store and get one? Or should there be this kind of waiting period or should it be longer? Yeah, I, I get I, – I think if I worked at one of those or at least, you know, watched some video cam footage from in there, I mean, seeing people walk in and say, hello, can I buy a shotgun? And, you know, in some states, they say, yeah, can you wait two hours and cool down in case you're using it to go kill someone? And in the other states saying, come back in two weeks after we've done a thorough check on you. Right. I don't know. I would be suspicious to some extent if mm-hmm. anyone walked in and wanted to buy a gun. That's just me, though. Yeah. Cool. Any closing points on that? I think we hit them all. I mean... How do you feel about the uh, nice little conspiracy theory of um, citizens owning guns so that if the government gets too powerful that they can fight back against tyranny yeah I don't buy that um I think that's just kind of a weird cop out it's a good and movie, a little I think. frightening yeah um as a closer for that discussion and that being our second and final discussion of this episode of The Deliberation. Gun control. Um, how would you feel if a zombie apocalypse were to come about? Would you want a shotgun in your house then? Well, I happen to have played quite a number of hours of Left for Dead with my brother. Well done. Um, my brother always went shotgun. I usually went for some kind of automatic weapon some mm-hmm. sort like um machine guns uh simply because i tend to prefer to shoot from the hip and just kind of go at it against the zombies because i think predictable it just tends to work like they're coming at you try to eat your face like i think better off putting as many bullets as possible into them um than trying to get up close to them and like shotgunning them through the stomach so do you think it would be practical if say every rural town in america had a little armory in case there was a zombie apocalypse no, see, that that wouldn't fly for me because I think it would be a little too um, easily accessed, and I don't really want to see, like, a Harper Brown's, like... Could be, like, an underground, uh, maybe an underground rating. cave system, do you think? I think there could be a really cool, like... I'm thinking, like, Terrible Hunger Games style in, like, <laughs> District 13. For some reason, I imagine there just being, like, these really cool, like, panels that could, like, pop out with a secret code that would have all sorts of weaponry in them. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the next uh, census, they can include, do you prefer a shotgun or machine gun in a zombie apocalypse? Yeah, and, like, it could almost be, like, you know, with, like, nuclear codes, like the president does? They Mm -hmm. could have, like, the zombie apocalypse codes, and they would, like, push a giant button that would, like, release those 
cabinets, mm-hmm. then people could go and take the gun just for the zombie apocalypse. It'd be like spelling out brains on a one to nine phone. Yeah. Well, that was an excellent ending to a uh, pair of great discussions, I think. Yeah, I'll say so. Okay, well, this has been the deliberation of the gavel. Early October. I am Cam. Represent. I'm Cam. I'm Hal. It's been the gavel.